You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Guys, welcome. Oh my gosh. This feels uh, amazing. Guys, just being here, you being here. Uh, this is kind of a big day, right? Like this is, uh, this is, um, this is amazing. Yeah, five people. That's awesome. And so, uh, yeah, we were practicing this morning, and uh, Joe, our keyboard player, was like, this is a big day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it is a big day. Like, we, it, it's weird because we're, we're only seven years in, six-ish years in, um, but I feel like we still got that, that uh, the church planting blood in us. You know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like uh, we, we're, in a, we're, we're in a rebuild, we're in a uh, relaunch mentality and luckily for us it doesn't feel like that was too long ago and so actually come to think about it we're actually launching even better than when we did originally because we now have people <laughs> we have a building and our finances are better than when we first started so so uh yeah uh, man I'm excited that you guys are here this morning thank you so much uh welcome to those that are viewing us online um, it's amazing. We, we set up chairs in here and we have enough for, if you don't feel comfortable to space out in between, but we also created an overflow room so that we would be able to, for more people that would want to come and, and to join us, we have an overflow room. So that'll be, uh, available, uh, going forward until, um, until, I don't know, until, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Until they say we can meet with more. So, um, but uh, as Janice said, uh, our small groups start next week, and I'm excited about that. Or so, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. I said tomorrow, Judy. <laughs> she would have texted me. She would have been like, "You said next week, tomorrow." Small groups start tomorrow, and uh, hopefully you you uh, sign up for one um, because it, they're phenomenal, as Janice as Janice said, and so. Um, last week, we, we started talking about this idea of rebuilding um, as, as a church. We're, we're rebuilding. Um, this building is still being rebuilt. By the way, they're coming tomorrow to finish up drywall, so praise God. That is, uh, and that, that's a reason why we're kind of shaped this way is because they're still working on that side of the wall, and we didn't want to have to set up, tear down every week um, because we have a place now. We, we did our set up, tear down for six years almost, and so <laughs> I was like, we're just going to make something up, and so uh, th this is it, but uh, uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 1. I'm actually very excited about this message because uh, typically worship songs uh, try to align with the message and uh, Lay, you, you may not even have realized this. When we did Champion, um, there's, a, there's a line in the song that says, uh, I am who you say I am. And like you didn't know that what I'm going to talk about is what I'm going to talk about today. And, and, and so I'm excited that the song uh, kind of laid the foundation of, of the message that I feel like God's placed in my heart. So First um, Kings chapter 19, verse 1, it says this. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. Don't you feel encouraged already this morning? <laughs> uh, so Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. 
May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. So encouraging. This morning, I want to talk to you from this subject. Who has your ear? Who has your ear? Who has your ear? Go ahead, if you're comfortable with your neighbor next to you, ask him, who has your ear? Who has your ear? Who has your ear? We got to... I want to let you know that, that we are a talk back church. I love the fact that we can create, recreate culture in our church. And so uh, that simply means we want you to engage in the message. You, this is not uh, something where you just have to look at me and be silent. But if I say something that speaks to your spirit, you can say amen. You, you can shout me down. In fact, I might preach faster if you do. And so, <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, who has your ear? Who has your ear? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. God, I can't believe it's been almost a year since we've been able to do this. But God, it's amazing how you sustained us throughout this time. God, it's amazing how um, when we don't have something, we don't, we either realize that we, it's not that important or how much we need it. And God, I'm praying that as we continue to be faithful here on Sundays, people would realize how much they need community, how much they need to engage with one another. So God, I pray today, especially for everyone that's in here this morning, God, as they, as they were willing to just hang out with us, God, I pray that, that there would be a greater impartation of your spirit in their lives. God, that when they leave this place today, Father, that they would be challenged. They'd, they would leave different. God, and it's never been for our own benefit. God, but it's always been about so that we can change the world around us. And so I thank you for that. Father, we love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said. Amen, amen, amen. How many of you guys like scary movies? Anyone like scary movies? Scary, yeah, a couple of hands. Like, I, like, so here's the deal. I, I don't like scary movies, but I like to watch scary movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't like, I, I don't like, I don't like watching them because I like, I get really scared, but at the same time, I can't leave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like when someone's about to get, eaten or whatever, uh, like, I, I don't want to watch it because I feel like that, but, like, I kind of want to peek, right? Uh, the Walking Dead, probably no one watches that show in here because it's about zombies, and, but if you did watch it, um, I'm just kidding, so I tried to watch that show, and uh, I love the story, I love the plot line, I just didn't like the part with the zombies in it, and so my wife and I, we tried to watch a couple episodes, the zombies came out, I'm like, no! And I've tried to peek. And, and so, like, I like, I don't like scary movies, but I just, I can't turn my head from scary movies. And uh, one thing, so the other day I was watching a scary movie, and it probably wasn't even scary. But, like, I, I just, I felt scared. And, I, and I'm watching this movie, and I knew that it was about to, 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 to pop on a very scary part. Do you know how, how, do you know how to know when a scary part happens? Music. 
And so, like, the music started creeping up, and I'm like, mm. right? Like, turn on all the lights. And, uh, and so, so it started, and, and I was like, I want to see what happens, but I don't want to be afraid. And so what I did, God honest truth, is I muted it, and I put on some worship. <laughs> And you know what? It was not scary at all. <laughs> you are my champion. As that person's getting eaten alive, I'm like, praise God. Like, it was weird. Thank you. I can't see you, but thank you. Um, yeah. I, like, I muted it because I didn't want to hear the sound. Like, it's crazy. And I was actually doing research about on this research, i.e. Google. Um, and... Composers actually, they, they, they know that, that music has the ability to, to, to mess with your feelings. And, and, and so there are certain sounds that a composer would put in, 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 a, in, a, in a music composition that is, that is triggered to get you to, to become fearful. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what if that's not just with movies, but what if that's with life? Let, let, let me put it this way. Um, what you listen to affects how you feel, and how you feel shapes your response towards life. Let me say that again. What you listen to, who has your ear, what you listen to affects how you feel, and how you feel shapes how you respond to life. Now, this is a big deal, especially when it comes uh, to our relationship with Jesus, uh, be because there's many of us who, who we, we find ourselves further away from what God has called us to because we've allowed to have the wrong person, the wrong thing, access to our ear. And so there's some of us in here this morning who, who we've allowed people to speak into our lives that we've received it. And now all of a sudden we find ourselves way over here when God's called us to be way over here. And so I think if that's the case, we have to learn to, to guard what we hear. So here's my question. Who has your ear? Okay, so, so maybe you're, you're sitting here this morning, you're like, John, you're speaking to me like, I already found myself, I've listened to too many things and too many people, and I'm way over here, but God's called me over here. If that's you, don't worry, because it happens to the best of us. In fact, the story of Elijah, the text that we're looking at today, we, we actually see this come to pass in the life of Elijah, okay? So, so let's break this down. Remember, what we hear affects how we feel. feel I need one of those signs to say, feel. So, so what we hear affects how we feel, and how we feel shapes how we respond, act. Yeah, okay? So here's Elijah. Uh, we read uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, the book. Uh, and, and so what, what I want to do is I just want to set the base so that we can move forward. But in the, the chapter right before chapter 19, Elijah, he's a man, okay? Now, whether or not you're here and you believe scripture, uh, here's what chapter of uh, 1 Kings chapter 
18 says that Elijah called down fire from heaven. That's beast mode. That is like, come on now. Like, so, so he just called down fire from heaven, right? Like the, the, there's the prophets of Baal. Baal, the Baal, the Baal, I don't know if it's the Baal, the Baal, we'll call him the Baal. So Baal, the, the idol, uh, their prophets were over here. Elijah was over here with uh, um, praying to God, the God of the Bible, the God that we worship here, right? And, uh, and, and so the, the, they, they had a little contest. They were like, hey, let's see what God can, can light our altar on fire first, okay? And you, you may, may know the story. The prophets of Baal, they have their altar, and they start dancing around it. They start yelling, screaming. At one point, they start cutting themselves because their gods are not responding to them. And Elijah, he's on the side. He's like, come on, yell louder. <laughs> At one point, Elijah's like, maybe he's in the restroom. <laughs> like Elijah, savage, right? And so, so nothing happens. Then Elijah, it's Elijah's turn. And Elijah, he prays to God. In fact, he pours water around the altar to, to make it more wet. And so like if it's going to catch on fire, then it's a miracle, right? And so, so he, 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 he pours water around it. And then he prays and God <sighs> lights up the altar. And then Elijah, he had the prophets of Baal executed, okay, and and. You know, and, 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 then all, and then the very next verse after that, he then predicts that rain was coming. So, like, Elijah is not only a prophet but a meteorologist, right? And, and so, like, the rain comes down, and not only does he call down fire from heaven, not only does he predict rain, but he's really fast. Okay, like, this guy, King Ahab, took his chariot from point A to point B, and yet Elijah ran all the way and beat him there like Elijah is the man, okay? And so King Ahab, he, he, and this is where we read at the very beginning, King Ahab, he arrives uh, to his queen, Queen Jezebel. Now, never name your daughter Jezebel. Actually, you know what? It's weird. I've never met a girl named Jezebel. Isn't that weird? In the South, maybe in the South, maybe in the South. Um, and I'm, I bet they're amazing um, too. I just, in case you're from the South and you're online and you're like, my name is Jezebel, I hate Discovery. <laughs> like, we love you, right? Um, focus, John. What was I saying? Jezebel. Jezebel. So, so King Ahab goes to Queen Jezebel, his wife, and he tells Jezebel what Elijah just did. Like, he tells Je Jezebel that Elijah just killed all the prophets of Baal, and she is living. And that's where, that, where she says right here, she says, uh, May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you. So she sends this message to Elijah that says, Hey, I am going to kill you. And there's our first phase, what we hear. The words that she spoke were right there. I'm going to kill you. And then what happens next is Elijah, he hears these words. And watch what the verse uh, 3 says. Elijah was, well, that one, Elijah was afraid. You see what happened there? He heard 
And that caused his emotions to be affected. He, he listened to what was said, and he was affected on, his feelings became, became uh, affected by what Jezebel said. Now, granted, Elijah has every, every reason uh, to be fearful. Because what I didn't tell you is that Jezebel actually killed all of the prophets of God except for 100 of God's prophets. So she's cuckoo, right? Again, if you're from the south and you're watching, <laughs> we love you. Um, but, but, but she's like, she's just, she's, she's, she just, she's crazy. And so when, she, when Elijah hears Jezebel make that threat, it's legitimate. It's a legitimate threat. He has every reason to be scared. And I want to pause there this morning because I want you to understand that you may have every legitimate reason to feel the way that you feel because of what someone spoke into your life. So those feelings of insecurity that you may feel because someone told you something, I don't want to stand up here and make it seem like, like you have no reason to feel that way. It could be legitimate for sure. Those words that the, that, 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 that person spoke over you that created those feelings and those emotions that you're going through, it's legit, right? And we see this progression taking place. Elijah, he heard what the queen said, which caused him to fear. And then his emotions caused him to run away. His emotions caused him to respond to life in a, in, a, in a manner that he probably would not have gone to otherwise. Because watch this, the next, or verse 3, the continuation of verse 3. He, he wasn't just afraid, but he fled for his life. And Elijah's emotions led him to a cave. We read that in verse 9. Led him to a cave. Emotions, Elijah's emotions led him to the cave. And, and so I want us to talk about this cave for a little bit because I think this cave is significant. I think there's a lot of significance in this cave because first thing that I want us to realize about this cave is that this cave was a destination derived from Jezebel, not from God. So he found himself in this cave. I'm going to preach over here. You, you're more talkative. <laughs> That's my wife. She'll shout me down. And, and, and so the cave that, 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 uh, that Elijah found himself in, it was a destination derived from Jezebel, not from God. Like God did not call uh, uh, Elijah to, to be in this place of this cave. But remember, when we allow our emotions to dictate how we respond, it pulls us further away from where God's called us to be. And so now Elijah, he finds himself in this cave. He finds himself opposite of where God has desired him to be. Well, John, that's a bold statement. Why would you say that? Thanks for asking, guys. <laughs> uh, we know that in verse 15 that, uh, of chapter 19, God says, Elijah, now I want you to go back the way that you came. 
And in my mind, the only reason why God would tell him to go back the way that he came is because he wasn't supposed to be where he was in that moment in time. Like God's like, hey, I need you to go back. I know you came all the way over here, Elijah, in the cave, but I need you to go back to where you're supposed to be. So this cave, this, he, he found himself in a man-made uh, destination, a man-made place uh, where, where, where God didn't really uh, design him to be, but he found himself there. I wonder this morning how many of us, because we've allowed what people said to affect our emotions and lead us to the way that we respond, that we've found ourselves in a cave where, where God hasn't called us to be, but, we, but we, we, we find ourselves in this place. And here's the other thing about the cave. The cave is, is the depth of despair. Think about a cave. A cave is dark. It's desolate. A, a, a cave, you're isolated. And how many of us, because we've allowed those emotions to, 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 to we responded to those emotions, we found ourselves in a depth of darkness, a depth of despair, a depth of isolation, a depth of, of a place that, 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 that is not bringing me life or bringing me any, any type of peace. And Elijah, he finds himself in this, in this cave. And I think that if we're not careful, our emotions can lead us to a cave. If we're not careful about what we hear and how it affects us, we can be led to a place that, that, that man sent us to, but not God. But if that's you, we're going to end right now and just be blessed. Father, I th I'm just kidding. If that's you, I got good news for you. Check out this next verse, verse 9. Uh, there he came, so Elijah, there he came to the cave where he spent the night, but the Lord. <sighs> but the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah, this is probably my favorite part of this story because it really shows God's heart to, to you and to you and to me. I love this part of the story because, because God, he, Elijah, he, 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 he went the opposite direction of what God had for him. He's hid himself in a cave, but even in the cave, God meets him. Even in the cave, God meets him. I love this because this tells me that even in my darkest days, God wants to meet me. Even, even when I feel like, feel like all, all hope is lost, God wants to meet me. He, like he's not intimidated by the cave that I found myself in. He's not intimidated by where I'm at. He, he wants to meet me in the darkest place of my life. See, that's why what we have here is not religion. Because God's not saying, hey, make yourself perfect and then come to me. God's like, hey, I want your trash. I want all of you. Bring it to me right now. Because I love you. I want to meet you where, where you're at. I want to meet you where you're at. And then something interesting happens. Let's read this. Verse 10 through 12. Elijah replied, 
I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Verse 11, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. Verse 12, and after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. Let's recap. Verse 10. Here's verse 10, okay? Verse 10. So God is, God, uh, God is like, what are you doing here, Elijah? That's verse 9. Verse 10, Elijah's like, woe is me. What do you mean? Why am I here? They're going to kill me. They're after me. I just want to sit here by myself. You know what I've realized? And this is probably not you. This is just me. But I've realized that when, I, when I, I'm in the place of, of a cave, when I'm in uh, darkness, despair, like I kind of just like to wallow in my pity. <laughs> I'm sure it's not anyone else here. It's just me. But, but I like to just sit there, right? And when God's like, what are you doing? Leave me alone. Don't you know I'm hurting? Leave me. Let me be. That's just me. That's just me. That's just me. That's not you. If it is, you just don't look at me. <laughs> And so verse 10, verse 10, woe is me. And then we get to verse 11. And this is interesting because God tells Elijah, he's like, he's like, Elijah, I want you to come out of the cave. Come out of the cave, Elijah. He calls him out of the cave. And this is significant because I, God, call, listen, God meets you where you're at. But watch this. He calls you out from where you're at. Right, so, so God, he met Elijah in the cave, but he didn't leave Elijah in the cave. He's calling Elijah out of the cave. Come on. God wants to meet you in your anxiety, but he doesn't want to just leave you in your anxiety. He wants to call you out of your anxiety. God, God wants to meet you where your fear is, but he doesn't want to just leave you in your fear. He's calling you out of your fear. God doesn't just leave us and meet us in the cave, but he calls us out. And so he, he, he calls Elijah out of the cave. But here's what's interesting. Elijah doesn't move. He doesn't move. He, he stays in the cave. He stays in this cave. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, the earthquake came. <laughs> The wind came, the fire. I can't make a fire sound. I, just, <laughs> I set myself up, Janice. I set myself up for failure right there. <laughs> I'm trying to be sound effective, but like, um, so the earth, like, come on. So, so here he is. God calls him out. And, uh, and Elijah doesn't move. And then God, he, he does some earth, wind, and fire happening. And uh, hello. Oh, oh, man. Whew. 
I'm tempted to have him play that. No, don't play it, Josh. Don't play it. Don't play it. Don't, don't play it. Don't. <laughs> but when we get home, everyone can listen to September. And, um, and, and so God, he, some earth, wind, and fire. Just, and it said God, God was not in the fire. He was not in the earthquake. He was not in the wind. But he was in a whisper. Now, this is very significant. This is very significant. Because in this whisper, God knew what Elijah needed. Let me explain. When you hear something that is negative, and it begins to affect your, 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 your feelings, your emotions, your soul, that's what your soul is, right? When it, when it messes with your soul, how many of you guys know that noise just becomes prevalent? Like, 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 it's, it's, everything just starts getting louder. Like, you begin talking to yourself, maybe they're right. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm not. Like, you just, like, it just starts getting louder in your head. Or is that just me? That when I allow my emotions from when someone's spoken to my life, when I allow it to just do what it wants to inside of me, it begins to affect my feelings and it makes everything so much louder. And so I believe God knew that Elijah didn't need more noise. I believe that God knew that Elijah didn't need some more loud noises to play in his head. I also think that God doesn't want to compete with the chaos going on in your head. Exodus chapter 20, God says this. He says, I am a jealous God. Now, when he says that he's a jealous God, he, he, he's referring to this, this idea of, of when people are elevating idols ahead of, uh, above God. And so he's saying, he's saying um, I am a jealous God, which, which he's simply saying, hey, like you're either going to love me or you're not going to love me. You're either going to put me at top, on top or you're not at all. He said, I'm a jealous God. And so, which tells me that God, he, he's not trying to compete with the decibels of the Jezebel. He, he's not trying to compete with the noise that Jezebel keeps speaking in your ear. I'm going to kill you. 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 You're dead. You're not going to make it. You're a failure. Like God's not trying to compete with that. Because if he's competing with it, that means you're elevating it to the level of him. And so God knew what Elijah needed. God, God wasn't trying to compete with the chaos. And so God wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the fire. But the text says that he was in a whisper. In that moment, Elijah needed something soft to speak to his spirit. In that moment, Elijah needed some peace. He didn't need someone yelling. He needed peace. He needed a whisper. So how do we hear the whisper? How do we hear the whisper? So hopefully this, this illustration makes sense, but I kind of liken 
liken it to this. So this battery is about to die out. Do we have the other wireless? Chris? Thank you. So <clears throat> this, this headphone, these headphones, they, they're going to represent they're going to represent every, everything that you allow in your ear, right? So um, those of you that grew up and, and, um, and your, your, your parents, your stepdad, stepmom, may, maybe they didn't speak life into you, but they sp spoke death into you. This, this is what this is right here, okay? This is the media right here. Uh, uh, this, is, this is your ex-spouse. Can I get a little less juice on this, please? Th this is... Uh, th this is this is the Jezebel right here. Okay, this is Jezebel's voice right here. And what we do, right, who has your ear? Who has In the meantime, ear? we are following yet another major storm set we, to move coast to coast, on. and it's already been a South deadly Africa 24 hours a on American roadways. A massive pileup on I-35 before dawn, up to 100 vehicles involved. At least six dead, 30 injured, people trapped in the wreckage. You're the problem, Hannah. You're always the problem. to you and to me who has your ear who has your ear this morning God's trying to speak to you to me but what if he's speaking to us in a whisper because he doesn't want to compete with the chaos that you're allowing in your... So how do we hear the whisper? How do we hear the whisper? You're so smart, D. I love you. The first way, the first way, how we hear the whisper is we got to silence what's old. We got to literally take it off. I hear you, but I don't believe you. I know what you said, but I'm not going to receive it. We, we have to remove those things from our heart that is, that, that is, that, that is uh, affecting our soul, that is, our affecting, that is affecting our emotions. We like we we gotta stop. We gotta stop 
God, I want peace. Oh, my God. God, I want to be whole. Did he really say that to me? Oh, my God. Come on. If we want to hear the whisper, we got to silence what's old. But we don't just silence what's old. We got to guard what's new. I am who you said I. You crowned me with confidence. I am seated. I, and we can come up, Joe. I miss you on here. I preach better with you, sir. I love you, man. No one's going to take me serious with this. But that's okay because I need to drive home a point. I, I need to drive home the idea that, that we, we don't just silence what's old, but we also got to guard what's new. See, these were headphones. These are earmuffs. That, that tells me what to hear. This protects from anything coming in. I have, to, I have to guard what's new. If God is calling me to something greater, i got to protect it. If God is calling me to do something in my life, i got to protect it. How do I hear the whisper? i got to remove what's old. And i got to guard what's new. Who has your ear? Who has your ear? Who has your ear? When Elijah had the revelation of the whisper, watch what happens. First King chapter 19, verse 13. When Elijah heard it, not the wind, not the earthquake, not the fire, the whisper. When Elijah heard the whisper, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and then he went outside of the cave. When he heard the whisper, when he was able to realize the decibel of what God was speaking to him, it then motivated him to go out of the cave. What I love about this is when Elijah is out on the cave, and I'm done. When Elijah gets out of the cave, and God speaks to Elijah, God tells Elijah two things to do. Two things. And I think it's very applicable to you and I. He tells him two things. Remember, Elijah just got out of his depression. Elijah just got out of his own little pity party. Elijah just got out of his own emotions. And the first two things that God says is not, hey, come here, buddy. Oh, I love you. Relax in the arms of the Father. Two things that he tells Elijah to do. He says, go anoint Jehu to be king and anoint Elisha to be your successor. He calls Elijah out of the cave. He, he says, 
go appoint Jehu to be king. So he wants Elijah to appoint Jehu as king. And he wants to find this man, Elisha, to be his successor. The first two things that Elijah is telling, or God is telling Elijah to do, is anoint a king and to anoint his predecessor. Anoint a king and anoint his predecessor. Can I tell you this morning that God is desiring us to step out of our cave. He's calling us to, to, to step out of a cave that we found ourselves in because he wants us to establish his kingdom. Watch this. And make disciples. He wants us to establish his kingdom and make disciples. We can't afford to stay in the cave. We can't afford to, to, to do our own little thing and, and be afraid or, or to whatever, whatever we're allowing to affect our emotions. We can't afford to do it because God has called you to establish his kingdom. And he's called you to make disciples. And I cannot establish his kingdom nor can I make disciples when I'm in a cave. He's calling you out. Jesus said uh, the harvest is plenty, laborers are few in Matthew 19 I, I wonder when he's like the harvest is plenty but the laborers are few Like, I, I wonder if the laborers are few because the laborers are in their cave can I say this morning that uh, as we move to this next phase in our church, our relaunch, our rebuild, can, 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 I, can I say to you this morning that we need you, but you need it as well. Like, like we need you, like we, we, we need you to be like, hey, I, I, I want to help out with kids. Hey, I want to help out with production. Hey, I want to host. We need you, but you need us as well. Come on, if there was ever, ever, ever a thing that this church was designed to do, it's to allow a place, a cave, people come but God meets them where they're at but God doesn't just meet them where they're at he calls them out I'm excited I'm excited as we rebuild and as we relaunch and so I don't even know if we have the graphic. Do we have that number? Um, so here it is. Rebuild. Listen, this is a call out to you here, but also a call to those that are online, that are watching us online. We, we want you to be involved with us. We, we, we need you to reach our city, but you also need us to reach our city. And so if you do me a favor, like if you, if you want to be part of this, if you want to be part of, I almost call this the second birth of the church. Then, oh, it went away, but it's, 
text rebuild to that number. And we're gonna we're gonna gather all our data, all, all the contact info. And then when we relaunch, hopefully Easter, that's that's kind of our our goal date. We we will be able to welcome people back. And we'll be able to help people call them out of their cave. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.